You take your power back. You don't have to wait for others to do the right thing. You do the right thing by giving yourself what you need, by loving yourself. And if it feels weird, uncomfortable, or false, fake it till you become it. Do it anyway and find a way to upgrade those beliefs. And when you do that, your life will start to improve significantly. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have an awesome, awesome guest to share with you today. His name is Tim Schur, and he is the world's best unconscious beliefs specialist and the foremost expert in freeing people from anxiety, past trauma, PTSD, and bad habits. He's the creator of the revolutionary one belief away method developed through facilitating over 15,000 individual hypnosis sessions and hundreds of group training experiences over the last 35 years. He is an award-winning leadership speaker. He's helped corporate clients earn millions in revenue by upgrading self-limiting unconscious programming. And he's been featured over 50 times, the likes of ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, TEDx, and he's authored six books. We don't have time to talk about everything, Tim Sure, but we're going to sure talk about a lot of it. Tim, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is great to have you here today. Uh, Dr. Richard, it is so exciting to be here with you, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. It's going to be amazing. No, I, I have no doubt of that. There's so many different ways I want to go, but before we even get into all of the work you're doing in the world today, let's hop in the Tim Sure time machine Let's go back and talk to us about your why. What puts you on the path you're on today? So the pivotal moment for me, uh, it didn't put me, well, I guess it did put me on the path. I was 12 years old and I grew up in a small town in Northern Indiana and the phone rang and I said, hello. And the woman on the other end frantically said, honey, find your mom. There's been an accident, which is not what you want to hear when your dad works at a steel mill. And so my dad worked at U.S. Steel. He was an electrician. He was working on this great big electrical panel. And while he was in there with the screwdriver and his buddy Bill was in there with the flashlight, the box wasn't tagged properly. So someone turned it on and it boom, it exploded, caught my dad and Bill on fire. I didn't see my dad for months after that. He was in Loyola burn unit trying to survive from his third degree burns. And when I did see my dad as a 12 year old kid walking through the burn unit and hearing the screams and moans and everything, and then they wheeled my dad out and he looked like a mummy all wrapped up. He didn't even look like my dad. It was just horrible. And what I didn't know at the time, and it took years, decades to figure out, is that my brain formed a belief about what that situation meant. And my brain formed that belief without my permission and without my knowing it at an unconscious level. And the belief was, you're not safe. Something bad could happen at any moment. And it created a tremendous amount of insecurity and anxiety. At that moment, I was no longer playing life to win 
playing life to win. I was playing not to lose. And when you play not to lose, even when you're winning, it will feel like you're losing. And so uh, that was a pivotal moment for me that you know, when I was in high school, my senior year, I took a psychology class. And that's where I learned that you can figure yourself out. That's where they study you know, how your mind works and how to shift behavior. And so I thought maybe I could figure out how to get rid of my anxiety. So I went to school for psychology. And then the next pivotal moment for me was my sophomore year in college. Uh, there was a, a class where they were bringing experts in to talk about what they did to help people. And one of them was a hypnotist. Now, I didn't know anything about hypnosis except you cluck like a chicken, right? And so they asked for a volunteer and I thought, you know, I'll, I'll uh, make the class laugh. And so I got up there and the guy said that you're going to feel really relaxed. And about five seconds later, I did. Uh, I had this peace wash over me that I had not felt before. That knot that was always in my stomach just kind of disappeared for a little while. And I'm like, what is this? And he told me I'd feel really confident, you know, the whole next week. And I did. And then it wore off, you know, and the anxiety came back because I was good at doing anxiety. I thought it was happening to me. I didn't realize that I was... I was using unconscious strategies that activated this anxiety inside of me. And so uh, I just kept going. Uh, I finished my degrees and for psychology, but I went into the field of peak performance and alternative medicine and holistic medicine. And I, I got my degrees and certifications in hypnotherapy and neurolinguistic programming and then any kind of peak performance tool that would allow people to get immediate results, EFT, EMDR, you name it, I was studying it. And then I went to work. I started putting these tools into practice and started working with every single person that I could to free them. My mission in life is to free people from needless emotional suffering. It freed me from it. And now I've discovered these tools and strategies that will free anybody from the traumas of their past. You've done so many things and it's it's kind of funny when we talk about our life story and, and certainly uh, how powerful that was about your father, for one. Um, I'm curious, though, because you have hypnotized over 15,000 individual people over yeah. the years. And I'm wondering, is there any for those with and trauma means different things to different people. So I, I think that's important to talk about, too. A lot of people think about trauma. And they think, oh, it's because I I was in front of somebody who got shot or, you know, trauma is only somebody that happens to veterans. Trauma is relative, right? So trauma is whatever it means to you. If you were a little kid and you were part of something that was very upsetting, that can stay with us forever. And so my question, my first question is having worked with 15,000 plus people to unwind some of this stuff. What are some of the common themes that you saw across all of these individuals you hypnotized? Excellent question. So we all go through what I call big T and little t traumas. So little t traumas are being embarrassed in front of the classroom, um, striking out for the big game, asking somebody out and they reject you. Um, your friends turn on you. You know, you have three friends and when just one on one, you guys are great. But when the other friend comes along, all of a sudden they start picking on you. You know, um, your parents fighting and your dad gets frustrated. and He says, oh, you moron, you're never going to learn anything. These are little T traumas, right, that hurt our feelings. Big T traumas are more of what you said, divorce, death, uh, you know, um, physical, verbal, sexual abuse, 
the more major traumas. But like you said, everybody hell, everybody's hell is their own. And so it's all relative. But what happens is that when you go through an experience like that, your brain is always trying to form meaning. And so it's making up meaning. And what does this mean about me, about other people, about the world that I live in? And because there is so much negativity in the world, because there are so many wounded people in the world and emotional intelligence in general is pretty low, we just keep passing our dysfunctions and our limiting beliefs and insecurities down through the timeline. And so your brain ends up forming all these beliefs. And the most common beliefs that I have found over the years across the board, no matter who I was working with, is and even you know most of my clients are multimillionaires and very successful people in their industry and yet they still struggle with that feeling that I'm not good enough I'll be rejected I'll be abandoned I'm not safe I'm not worthy I'm not worthy of love I'm not worthy of success or happiness a lot of people in high power positions will feel imposter syndrome because they feel like they're not worthy a lot of the veterans that I've worked over the years with that came home from the war felt like they weren't worthy of even being alive because, you know, or worthy of love because they had to tap into that evil to fight evil. And now they come back and they're trying to reckon with that. Right. And so there's a lot of these beliefs of unworthiness and it all boils down to, I'm not enough for some reason. I'm not good enough. And because I'm not enough, I won't be loved. And that's when we start developing all these coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms to try to get that love. So, or to try to find a place in the world. And so we become a super achiever or the one who takes care of everybody gets, but gets walked all over or the one that's constantly having drama and problems. We're always looking for a way to get that attention any way we can. And so um, that's, that's where we're at. And people think that I'm the only one that's going through this. And I think that it's easier to count the people that aren't going through it than the ones that are, because almost everybody has some type of insecurity. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. It's so interesting. I, I couldn't help but think of a, a super achiever that I went to graduate school with who would go from project to project to project and would become notably anxious if they didn't have the next thing on their plate. But the I, I, I'm not enough. That's so interesting because I think everybody, it's to some degree, and, and the big T, little T was, I, I've never quite heard anybody put it that way. So that's interesting to me. And and so I imagine that it's very cumulative, right? Like the more big T's, the more the more T's we have, the the worse it is. But even if you've never experienced death, if you've never experienced divorce, if you've never been in a a car accident or something where your life or the life of somebody else was in danger, these little T's, they add up. And 
you mentioned that some of these defense mechanisms that we create, tell us what some of these, so people can kind of look out for the signs. What are these common defenses that people in your experience have been using to, to deal with little T's? Well, one of them I call uh, achiever syndrome. So when you're working with entrepreneurs or people that are leaders in companies and people that are high performers, uh, they are usually um, trying to chase that approval, trying to have that power, trying to, um, they feel like if they have enough money or they have enough success, they'll be happy or they'll be uh, accepted then, they'll be loved then, right? They'll, they finally will have proved themselves although they get the money and then they find that they still have the same feelings, you know, and then it's not enough where they're going to lose it or they have to have more and more and more, you know, that's a problem with power. It's, it's like having a bucket with a hole in it. It just drains out. You just feel like you have to have more and more. And then you start to try to take it from others, you know, to feel good about yourself. And so, or we have that deep insecurity where we're hyper uh, critical of ourselves. We're loving to others, but we're very critical of ourselves. And so we become our own worst critic and we're constantly judging ourselves. And so you'll see someone who is a perfectionist, right? And everything has to be perfect. Or they're the person that is always taking care of everybody, but secretly resentful because they never feel like they get it back. Their idea is that if I give this to you, you're going to give it back to me and it never works because givers will attract takers, you know? And so um, you will continue to uh, attract people in your life. We don't attract our soulmates. We attract our woundmates. And we keep playing the same games that we did when we were little. See, all these beliefs and habits and, and defense mechanisms are established by the time we're 12 years old, typically. And so we'll, you know, we'll say, I'm, I'm never going to drink. But then we marry someone who ends up being an alcoholic and it replays the pattern. Or I feel like I'm not worthy of love. And so I marry someone who is uh, a narcissist and they're not capable of giving love. And so... Therefore, I never get it again, you know, from the person who's supposed to be giving it to me. And so these patterns keep playing out. So if you're going through life feeling anxious, feeling depressed, procrastinating, feeling heavy, you know, then uh, these are signs that you have these limiting beliefs. If you are feeling overwhelmed and burned out, maybe you've created a tremendous amount of success professionally, but you're just drowning in all the pressure of having to to keep everything going or make everybody happy, or you're afraid that if you don't keep driving 100 miles an hour, that you're going to let people down and then they're going to take their love from you. You know, that's a warning sign. If you are kicking butt professionally, but you're 100 pounds overweight because you don't take care of yourself, uh, that's a sign. You know, we will get our self esteem maybe from helping others or from our profession. But when it comes to actually loving ourselves, the belief in there is I'm not worthy. Or if you have trouble losing weight or taking care of your health, often it's because of something that you went through when you were younger and you don't feel safe. You know, if you get healthy and you get into shape, then you might attract the attention of people that you don't want. And so we keep ourselves a certain way because we think it makes us feel safe. So these are common examples of red flags and blind spots that sabotage our happiness. And so having heard these examples, we're now aware of some of these red flags. And I think you described a lot of things that most people could at some level identify with within themselves. Because as you said, there's fewer people out there that don't have these things than do. Um, and I, I know you've created the, the One Belief Away methodology, but I'd love for you to talk to us foundationally. How do we start fixing these things? 
So the one belief away method came from working with people and trying to create experiences because people don't learn from giving more information to them, more data. You can give them all the data in the world, but it doesn't change behavior. People say awareness has changed. No, it isn't. Awareness is just one step in the change. The real change in transformation takes place in a second by upgrading the belief, upgrading the way you're perceiving that information. And so the first experience that I created finds our deepest fears, our deepest core beliefs, and then it upgrades it. You know, so we go back to when you were five years old, you know, and your parents are fighting and you're feeling like somehow it's your fault. There's something wrong with you. And if your parents are fighting and there's something wrong with you, it must mean that you're not good enough for them to be peaceful and to just pour that love into you. So our brain forms this totally false, irrational belief, but then it ends up influencing us our whole life behind the scenes and it influences every decision that we make. And so we'll go back to when you were five and we'll upgrade that belief and give you the resources we wish you would have had, um, but you didn't. And we'll give you those resources. And then it allows you to look at the situation in a different way. And then we upgrade the belief. So we go from I'm not enough to I'm more than enough. I'm not worthy to I'm more than worthy, right? And it shifts how you make your decisions and it changes how you feel and it changes how you show up every day. It doesn't matter what shows up. What matters is how you show up. And so then in session two, we'll take you through the releasing. When those beliefs are formed, we also fill with a lot of toxic emotion. Now, emotions in general are not toxic unless you get stuck in them. Guilt, anger, rage, depression, shame. You know, if you get stuck in that and you don't just visit it, then it becomes toxic and it fills our body with inflammation. And inflammation is at the root of all the physical diseases that we experience. And so we've got to free you from those uh, toxic emotions. And then the third experience, I created eight of them. And then the third experience is called the shifting. And it allows you to develop a new set of strategies so that you don't relapse back into the old way. You kind of shift into you 2.0 with a new set of strategies that you know how to use so you feel more in control. Most of the time when we go to counseling or we go to therapy, we just talk about the same bad stuff a million times and we walk out feeling worse. I mean, it didn't help you the first time you went through it. Why do you want to keep going through it again? It can actually re-traumatize people. What people want is to feel better and to have new tools. And rarely does that actually happen. And so the way you feel better that's sustainable is you upgrade the beliefs. People try to use cognitive behavioral therapy and reframing. And that's like throwing dirt over the weeds and then trying to plant flowers. We got to pull the weeds at the root. You can't just cut the top off of a weed, Dr. Richard, or it just grows back. We've got to pull them out at the root and then plant those flower seeds. And when you do that, it creates instant, sustainable, lasting change. It's incredible what I've been able to free people from. Like I have 100% success rate with freeing young young women from bulimia, 100% success rate. I was working with a 10-year-old boy um, I, our first session was last week. We did this right over FaceTime. He had ticketillomania, right, where they pull their hair out. Mm-hmm. And so he's pulling out all his eyelashes, which you can imagine what was happening to him at school, right? They tried everything for years to try to get him to stop. Nothing worked. I did one session with him for 30 minutes. I talked to him last night. His mom and him are freaking out. He didn't pull his eyelashes one time the whole week, not even once, right? Just by upgrading a little belief. And he was... You know, that age, and he went back to a time when he was seven and felt, you know, insecure. And we healed that little seven-year-old. And so it's extraordinary, uh, the power of our mind. You just got to have the right tools. And most people simply don't have them. 
what you said that was so interesting to me, I've never heard anyone quite put it this way, is when you're referencing getting to you 2.0, you have this process to keep people from relapsing. And that was so fascinating to me because so many people speak about when we say relapse, what immediately comes to mind? Drug addiction, right? Alcohol abuse. That's we think about addiction when we talk about relapse, but you're using it in a totally different context, which makes so much sense. I wonder some of these tools, some of these things you do to help people shift. I wonder if you could share just a couple of them with us. So uh, a few of them I just shared right now, right? Where we go back and we upgrade those beliefs. And then we show people how to use what I call your unconscious recipes, right? Which are what you're focusing on, what you're saying to yourself and how you're holding your body creates different feelings. So if I'm depressed, I'm probably slumped over. I'm looking down. I'm focusing on things never working out. I'm telling myself that life sucks and it's never going to get any better. That creates a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness, which is what we call depression. Right. So that's one way. If you change the recipe, how do you hold your body when you're feeling motivated or inspired? Well, your body's very different. You're changing your physiology. You're holding your body. You're looking up. You're activating your relaxation response instead of your fight or flight response. Quickly, how you do that when people are feeling anxious and stressed, they tend to look down. They speed up inside by breathing short and shallow through their mouth. And then they're telling themselves that things aren't going to work out. They're focusing on what they don't want to have happen. It activates your fight or flight response. So your heart is pounding faster, your blood pressure increases, and you start to feel what we call those anxiety feelings, the adrenaline cortisol rush. And so that causes us to freak out. And then we don't make very good choices, right? The way that you shut that down immediately is you look up and you breathe through your nose five times in a row. When you look up, it causes you to go from kinesthetic to visual, which means that instead of feeling, you go visual, which disconnects you from feeling pretty much anything. If listeners, if you're not driving right now, just stare up at the ceiling and try to get stressed about something. It's near impossible to do. You might have the situation, but you won't feel the feeling. You don't have to meditate for 20 years. You just look up. When you look up and then you breathe through your nose down to your belly and you slowly exhale and you do that five times in a row, which takes about a minute, it activates your relaxation response. Your body's built in ability to feel more calm, resourceful, and in control. You might find yourself yawning, for example. Your shoulders will soften. So when you look up and you breathe through your nose, it slows you down. You can't feel anxiety in slow motion. It's impossible. And so when you slow down, then you're able to redirect. And I teach people how to use power questions instead of lousy questions, because the quality of your life is being determined by the quality of the questions you walk around asking in your own mind all day long. Most people don't even know they're asking themselves questions. Questions like, how come things never work out for me? Why is life so unfair? Whose fault is this? You know, what's going wrong? Why this? Why me? Why now? Where power questions are more, what's the opportunity that I do want? What resources do I have? Where am I making progress? Who can I lean on? Or a question that I've noticed that you ask yourself um, in conversations we've had before this interview, where's the creative opportunity in this situation? What can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? Right? And so when you ask yourself 
uh, questions like that, it causes your brain to focus on new information, new data, new strategies. And it allows you to focus on the outcome that you want that immediately makes you feel more peaceful, hopeful, and in control. So just from shifting, from looking down, breathing through your mouth and asking lousy questions to looking up, breathing through your nose and asking power questions, you can radically shift the chemical reaction that's happening in your brain that will cause you to enter a state of excellence or a state of of empowerment where you feel more peaceful and at ease. And of course, whatever you focus on most of the time, your life becomes that. I love this. Tim, I could talk to you for hours about this, but our our time together has flown by. Everybody who comes on my show, I ask them one question. That is, what is your biggest helping, the single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Yeah, that is that you are already enough. You are already good. You have nothing to prove. You're already worthy of love, happiness, prosperity, and all the uh, love that you want. You just got to decide that you are worthy of that because we think that the world decides that for us. And truly, that's not the case. You know, we think our, our, we need it from our parents. We need it from other people in our life to tell us that we're worthy and that we're enough. And after taking thousands of people through this journey, the only one that has the real power to help you feel like you're enough, that you're worthy of whatever you want is you. And you can decide that today. You don't have to wait around for other people to do the right thing because often they're so wounded, they're not gonna. So you take your power back. You don't have to wait for others to do the right thing. You do the right thing by giving yourself what you need by loving yourself. And if it feels weird, uncomfortable, or false, fake it till you become it. Do it anyway and find a way to upgrade those beliefs. And when you do that, your life will start to improve significantly. Beautifully said. Tim, tell us where people can learn more about you and the work you're doing online. Uh, You can find my books at Amazon, One Belief Away or Get Out of Your Way. Uh, You can go to timsure.com and learn more about what we're doing. Uh, If you're into the hypnosis, you can go to Indie Hypnosis. That's I-N-D-Y, like Indianapolis, IndieHypnosis.com, and you can learn about our programs there. And um, we've got a lot of free resources to help you use the power of your mind to create your life by design. Perfect. And we will have everything, Tim, sure on the show notes at TheDailyHelping.com. Tim, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I loved our discussion. Me too, Dr. Richard. Thank you so much. It's been a privilege. And I really hope that everybody subscribes to your podcast and shares it with all their friends because they really need what you're offering. So thanks for having me on. I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate each and every one of you who took time out of your day to listen to our conversation. Like Tim said, if you like what you heard, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are. And post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 